the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Witnessing for Christ is an awesome task that belongs to every believer. The question is, are we doing it? Listen in today as Pastor Rander continues to encourage us to be effective witnesses by explaining the role a man of unusual dress and diet played in acting as a precursor to Jesus. In this message, John the Baptist bears witness of the light. He'll be teaching from a number of scriptures, so get pen and paper ready as we begin. Turn with us to the Gospel of John. We're preaching through John, and we're just taking our time. We're in chapter 1. The Gospel of John, chapter 1, verses 6 through 8, is the text that I'll be reading from. The Gospel of John, chapter 1, verses 6 through 8. And there you'll find these words. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. This man came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. And from this particular passage of scripture, we want to preach John the Baptist bears witness of the true light. John the Baptist bears witness of the true light. Now, many have heard about John the Baptist, but you'll be surprised as to how many uh, people that really don't know his biographical profile. So let me just share with you a moment on the history of John the Baptist so you have some sense of who this man was and what he was about. So I posed the question, who was John the Baptist? John the Baptist was the son of Zacharias and Elizabeth, born in the city of Judah when his parents were well advanced in years. They had no children because Elizabeth was barren. An angel told Zacharias that his wife Elizabeth will bear a son. His name will be called John, which means gracious. John's name means gracious. And he will be a Nazarite from his birth. John was born a sinner in need of a savior, just like the rest of humanity. Now, John was not God, and neither was John an angel. We must not deify this man. He was a sinner in need of a savior. But rather, John was the last of the Old Testament prophets. He was the forerunner and baptizer of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Son of God and Savior of the world. 
John carried out his divine assignment, which was to bear testimony that Christ is the light of the world and the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. John's ministry culminated in his execution. In Matthew chapter 11, verse 11a, John was highly commended by the Lord Jesus Christ himself because the scripture says, Assuredly, I say to you, among those born among women, there was not risen one greater than John the Baptist. What a commendation from the Lord himself about the beloved John the Baptist. In verses six through eight, John the Baptist was sent from God to carry out a very special mission. He came on the scene to bear witness of the light who is Christ so that all might believe through him. In verse eight, if you look at the passage there, it makes it very clear that John was not that light, but rather the forerunner who announced the coming of the Messiah, who is the Lamb of God, born to take away the sin of the world. The Gospel of John, chapter 1, verses 29 through 30 says, The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Long after John the Baptist's death and after the resurrection of Christ, there were some who were still confused and misinformed being baptized into John's baptism. John's baptism was a baptism of repentance instead of believing on Christ and being baptized in the name of Christ. Many were baptized in repentance. For it says in Acts chapter 19, verses 1 through 4, it says, And it happened while Apollos was at Corinth that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus and finding some disciples, he said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Now, see, you don't, you don't receive the Holy Spirit when you believe in Buddha, uh, Confucius. Uh, you don't believe you, you don't receive the Holy Spirit when you believe in some other false God or any other person. The only way you receive the Holy Spirit is that you have to believe on the name of Jesus Christ. That name that is above every name. Verse two, he said, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? believed in Jesus? So they said to him, we have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. And he said to them, into what then were you baptized? So they said into John's baptism. Then Paul said, John indeed baptized with a baptism of repentance. There it is saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him. That is on Christ Jesus. Beloved, even when Christ came on the scene, there were some who had a greater allegiance to John than to the one John pointed to, who was the Messiah, the Savior of the world. Even today, there are still believers who follow influential Christians 
There are believers today who follow anyone but Christ. Such as popular, they follow popular, eloquent and persuasive preachers. They follow pastors who can tickle the ear, but they have no substance to the message. They follow well-known teachers and Christian celebrities rather than following Christ. I posed a question to you today. Who are you following? Who are you following? You can name Christian celebrities, but you ought to be talking more about Jesus the Christ. What can believers today learn from the ministry of John the Baptist? This is staggering. What can believers learn today from the ministry of John the Baptist? There's much we can learn from this man of God. Number one, John knew his divine assignment was a high calling from God. John knew that his divine assignment was a high calling from God. You say, how do you know that? Because of what the Gospel of John chapter 1 verse 6 says. It says, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. I want to say something about that. Whatever God assigns you to do is a special and high calling from God. Whatever he, whatever, whatever he assigns you to do in life, that's a very high calling. You say, what makes it so high? It's because God has called you. In the church, I hear people often saying in the Christian community, I'm just an usher. I'm just a choir member. You're not, huh? What are you talking about? I'm just a greeter. I'm just a youth worker. I'm just a culinary worker. I'm just a media worker. I'm just a Sunday school teacher. Just to name a few. My friends, my friends, any assignment that comes from God is a great assignment. Did you hear what I just said? Any assignment that comes from God is a great assignment. Therefore, whatever you do for Christ, be faithful and give your best effort because you're doing it for the Lord himself. And if you're not serving for the Lord himself, your service is in vain and it counts for nothing. I mean, why why come to the Lord's house and your services are in vain? You play the piano in vain, the organ in vain, you're in the media in vain, you're ushering in vain. Uh, Only what you do for Christ and his glory will last for time and eternity. Therefore, whatever you do for Christ, be faithful and give it your best effort. And besides this too, the ministry is not your ministry. It's not my choir, my ensemble. It is not my greeters. This is not Draper's church. It is the Lord's church, the Lord's choir, the Lord's ensemble, it is the Lord's ushers. Everything in this church is about God. And if it's not about God, then it has no place in here to begin with. Amen? So John knew his divine assignment was a high calling from God. And my friends, whatever God has called you to do, it is a high and holy calling because it is God who has done the calling and he expects much from you and he wants you and whatever he has signed you to do to make much of Christ. Number two, what's another significant insight that we can glean from this remarkable man? 
John did not send himself. That's powerful. John did not send himself. He was sent by God. The scripture says in John 1, 6, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. Now, now what, what does John's name mean? Remember that? Gracious. Oh, you got it. Good. His name means gracious. He was a man sent from God on a mission for Christ. Let me tell you something. God, there's something in that. Uh, God doesn't save you simply to just exist. <laughs> God, does, you're not saved to coast. You're not just saved. Uh, you're not saved to just come and to sit uh, for a little while and then leave out of here and wait till next Sunday and come and reseat yourself. There's, God doesn't call you to be seat warmers. He wants you to be active participants engaging in the Lord's work, occupying until he comes. Did you get that? Did you get that? John 1, 6 says, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. There's something I want to say. You had better know that you have been sent and not just went. That's right. You had better know that you know you know you have been sent and not just went. Now, some folk have just went and they've not been sent and folks sent them right back. You know why many quit the ministry? You know why people... Uh, they get the toes stepped on, somebody look at them funny, uh, somebody say something to hurt their feelings in the church, and you look around, uh, they gone. Uh, they say, they, that's a mean church. One mean person uh, do them wrong in the church, and the whole church is mean because of that one person. But yet you stay on that job 40 years, you take whatever they give you. That's right. They, they reduce your pay, they cut your benefits, they change your office. Uh, Sometimes they take your office, they... They do all kinds of things. You just rough it out, tough it out. That's right. But oh, when it comes to the church, she rolled her eyes at me. She, she looked at me funny. Uh, they're not friendly. They're not all friendly at your job. Okay? <laughs> not, but you stay right there and do your business. Amen? Let me tell you something. You better make sure you have been sent and not just went. Because if you just went, you're in a whole lot of trouble. And that's why a lot of folks are so easy to quit, so quick to quit. It's because they sent themselves and, God not, and God's not in it. But when God has sent you, you keep on keeping on. That's right. You keep on keeping on. You sweat it out. You rough it out. You know what persevere means? Persevere means to keep on keeping on. When the sun is shining. When there, when there are few or when there's many, when there's a big crowd, small crowd, when it's raining, when it's cold, when things don't go right, when people don't act right, you just keep on keeping on because God has called you and he put that calling in your heart and nobody can take it from you. When you send yourself without being commissioned by God, you are out there on your own to be exploited by Satan. See, when you, when you went and not been sent, you're on your own. God is not with you. You don't have his presence. You don't have his anointing. And it's dangerous for you to be out there carrying on business in the name of God when God is not even in your call. 
The scripture says John was sent from God. When you know without a doubt you have been called by the Lord to serve in ministry, it is the it is the call of God upon your life that brings comfort and assurance through the challenges of ministry. That's why you got to know you've been called because when because you're going to have some challenges, some struggles, some hurt. You're going to be abandoned, betrayed. Things are going to happen. There are going to be unintended consequences that you did not expect. But you know what? When you know that God has put you there in the first place, you can take comfort in knowing that I'm here because the Lord has put me here. And it don't have to go well all the time for me to stay here. Do you not know Jesus had trouble in his ministry from the time of his birth all the way to the cross. And yet he was in the perfect will of God. You can be in the perfect will of God and still have trouble. And I ha- I've had issues and trouble. And listen, you, you, you can't have people and not have trouble. You can't have people and have, not have problems. But you know what gives me my greatest joy, my greatest comfort is to know that I know, that I know, that I know, I know I have been called by God to do what I'm doing and all the demons in hell can't make me doubt my calling. Your ministry will be anointed and be more effective when you know without a doubt that you have been sent by God, just like John. Now, now, two things Satan loves to do with you. Let me give them, let me give them to you. There are two things that Satan loves to do with y'all. <laughs> he said, what are they? I, I'm not going to leave you hanging. First, he loves to confuse believers at the point of their salvation. He loves, to, he, he, he loves to confuse you at the point of your salvation. I mean, you've been in the church five years. Uh, you've been saved five years and you still lack the assurance. You don't even know. Some days you feel like you're saved and you don't. Listen, you, when you've been born again, then, then you are positionally saved. Okay? S- salvation is not based on feelings. It's not based on emotions. It's based on what the word of God has said about our salvation. Huh? Whoever believes on the Lord Jesus Christ shall be what? Say, call upon the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. A lot of scriptures on being saved. And if he can make you doubt the fact that you are saved, you'll never get anything accomplished for God. Because you, you, you will lack the assurance of your salvation. You will feel that, in, that insecurity. And you can't live up to your God-given potential for Christ. The second thing Satan likes to do with you, he loves to confuse believers at the point of their calling. He loves to confuse believers at the point of their, their calling. And when, when you can serve and you're not sure that you are called to do what you're doing by God, you know what happens? Then that makes for insecurity. You're not secure. That makes for self-doubt. 
And it also makes for lack of confidence in ministry. You'll not have the confidence, the confidence that you should have in ministry. You'll be confused. You will have self-doubt. You will have insecurity and you will lack confidence. You can't process new members in the church because you doubt your call. That's right. You're slipping and sliding all over the place because you doubt your call. You got to know that God has called you to do what you're doing. And if he hasn't called you to do what you're doing, then why are you doing it? Now, let me tell you this. You say, well, I've been called to teach. But if everybody's leaving your class, you you need to probably (laughs) be a greeter. (laughs) Don't sit there and cause the ministry to suffer. And there's no evidence of the call. A true call from God will bear fruits in the kingdom. You understand what I'm saying? There ought to be some fruits as a result of your teaching ministry. There ought to be some fruits in the pastoral ministry. There ought to be some fruits in the deacon's ministry, the elder's ministry, and all the mini- the youth ministry. A kids ought to gravitate to you. If kid- Listen, if kids are running from you, don't get in the youth ministry. Don't get, don't, 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 don't get in the, don't scare my babies. <laughs> don't, don't scare the children. Don't do that. They're running from you. I'm scared of that man. He's mean. And look, he won't smile. He's smile. You, you got to be child friendly. If you're not child friendly, don't get in the youth ministry. Matter of fact, if you're not friendly at all, I don't know what can we put you in? What can we What can we we put you in? You won't smile? You look like the Grinch that stole Christmas? I see. Maybe I can put them over there, put her there. But everywhere you go, you make a mess. She won't smile. She disgruntled. Just sit on the front row next to me. Until we can figure out what you all about. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. Can can that be said of you? I just, I just was. There was a man sent from God whose name is. There was a man sent from God whose name is Paul. There's a woman sent from God whose name is somebody say, I hope he calls my name. (laughs) There's a there's a there's a little boy sent from God whose name is Joshua. But that's more than one Joshua, Joshua. Isn't that something? What a reputation. When they say that person is sent from God. When I look at his or her demeanor and how she carries herself, she smiles. He encourages another. He's not a peace breaker. He's a peacemaker. Full of the fire. Holy Ghost. That man is from or that woman is from God. 
God. Oh my goodness. That's all. That's number two. Let me go to number three. I'm not going to get through. I'm going to just take my time. <laughs> number three. Uh, another uh, characteristics of this remarkable man is John was a humble servant. He was a humble servant. In the Gospels, John's humility is so evident. John's humility is so evident. The scripture says in the Gospel of John, chapter 3, verse 30, he must increase, but I must decrease. That's the only way you can be great in the kingdom. It needs to be less of you and more of God. Matthew 3, b also says, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I. But you got a lot of Christians think they all of that. He said, he says, no, y'all don't understand this man, the lamb of God, he's mightier than me. He's more than me. You don't, don't look at me. Look at him. He's the strong one. He's the Al Shaddai. <laughs> He's the all-sufficient one. He's mightier than me. He's omnipotent. He's omnipresent. <laughs> He's all wise. He's omniscient. I love what it says. Whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He says, I don't even feel worthy to carry this man sandal. Do you have that kind of humility? I mean, if he were to give me his sandals, I say, Lord, you're too holy. You're too much God. I'm unworthy. I'm unworthy to carry your shoes. Now, some of y'all, you in ministry and you're strutting like peacocks. You know, I, I, I got my Bible. I know what I'm doing. I've been at this business for 20 years. You, you give people your whole spiritual profile to let them know that you are a highly important person in the kingdom. You are a spiritual VIP. Amen. As committed children of the only true and living God, we walk by faith and not by sight. Life on earth is not easy. Yet, even in the midst of trials and tribulations, we have joy, hope, peace, strength, and God's blessed assurance as we face trials. Best yet, we look forward to hearing our Savior say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant, and eternal life with our Lord and Savior. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church, located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, or call us at 210-821-5683. If you would like to make a special donation to support the radio ministry of Maranatha Bible Church, please visit our website at maranathasa.org. Select the Give option and choose the radio broadcast support fund. Thank you very much for your generosity. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.